proper locations. All right, take your Bibles, if you will, this morning, and Romans, I'm sorry, Romans, John's Gospel, chapter number 10. John's Gospel, chapter number 10. I am not a person who likes talking about money. It's not really what I do, but it's, a, it's in the Bible, and so we do talk about it just to help us out. And money can be, money's a tool, my friend. Money's not evil. It's the love of money that's evil. And God gave us money, and we use money. The Lord used money. John's Gospel, chapter number 11 in your Bible. Find that place, if you will. Again, we have several folks traveling today. I know the Wee family is away in Canada, they, and, and Michelle and Andrew are sick. They sent me a text message this morning, so pray for their healing. They've kind of got a really bad bug. Um, other folks are away. Some are working. Some are ill this morning, so keep everybody in your prayers, and others I'm not sure. But we're glad you're here, two or three. Uh, last we heard about William. William's doing good. Amen. No problems. And so we praise the Lord for Williams. He still has leukemia. He's still going for chemo, but no other complications. It's been a rough uh, three, four months with that, with the pneumonia, and then the weakness, and then the cold. And we pray that William is uh, watching this morning through the Internet. We're waiting for the good-looking crowd to get in. This is when they make their entrance. Amen. Good to see you guys. Mr. Clayton, good to see you back there, buddy. We've missed you. You doing all right? Yeah. I'm glad you're here. You been on a world tour or something? Yeah. Amen. Well, well, John chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not of the death, but the, for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Father, bless the time, bless the hour. Now we thank we can be here. I pray, Lord, you'll speak to our hearts through the Word of God. May Christ be honored and glorified. And we pray that the Spirit of God will work and move in this service. Have your perfect free will and way in every heart here today. Lord, convict us of sin, convict us of error in our life, and help us, Lord, to strive for doctrinal truth and for purity. Help us to strive for righteousness in our own lives. We pray, Lord, for sinners to be saved, that they'll come to the understanding of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ and have their lives transformed by the working and moving and the power and regeneration of of our blessed friend, the Holy Spirit of God. Now I pray, dear God, you'll help us again. Bless the boys and girls downstairs. Watch over them. Help them to have a, a joyful time in the service. Help them to rejoice and be thankful for Jesus. Help every person here today be attentive to the Word of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So far, we are studying John's Gospel. We are looking at, so to, for this series of messages, the sermons where Jesus Christ has uh, addressing conversations he's had with the women in john's gospel there are seven conversations our lord has with the with seven women in scripture we have seen the conversation he had with his mary his mother we have seen the woman at the well and last week we saw the woman taken in adultery 
All three are very unique conversations. With Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, we learn about submission. We all need to learn about submission in our life. We all have to submit to some areas in our life. We saw the unnamed woman at the well who was of mixed race, whose life and the life that she had, was leading had led her to heartache and disappointment. But she found mercy and grace when she met the one who offered her living water. And then we met the adulterous Jewish woman who, against her own will, was dragged and thrown at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she was condemned by the law and condemned by her peers, but there was no condemnation from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Jesus, I said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be what? Saved. Amen. The world's already condemned. It's condemned. Years ago, a friend of mine, we were in Newark, and we always drove past this building. I used to think of home. There's this old building, and Newark always boarded up. I said, this is a beautiful building. It's a shame they're boarded up. and just The architecture is beautiful. And one day, we stopped the car on a Saturday after soul winning. I said, let's go inside this place. And so we, there was already a, a, the plywood was ripped off the window. So we went into this old building, and it was kind of spooky in there, something like you find like the I Am Legend movie. And so we're walking around in there, and, uh, and there's like homeless people have been sleeping in there. But you can see this, this place was just a... Uh, a, a, a beautiful, beautiful building, and, and how it once looked, and, and how it once was, but it's, it, it has, it was condemned, and they did eventually tear it down. But it was condemned, my friend. The world's already condemned. God has cursed the world, and and we are under the penalty of sin. And Christ came to redeem us. Christ came to redeem us from that. And that adulterous woman found grace and mercy there at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have a very godly woman in Mary, and then we have two very sinful woman, women, and now we come to uh, a conversation which involves really just one woman, although we'll see the other sister's conversation is there very briefly, but it still categorizes it as one conversation where we are introduced to Martha, uh, whose sister was Mary and had her brother Lazarus. Now when we look at this family, it would appear that Martha would be the oldest one in the family. And when we think of this, these, these three people here, and we're not sure, and there is no record in Scripture that tells us how they met the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, we, we just find them where they are already saved and already loving the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we don't know where they, uh, how this all began for them. With the woman at the well and with the adulterous woman, we, we, we meet their, how they came to faith. And we already know a, a great lengthy detail about Mary and her life, but uh, Martha and Mary, we don't know a whole lot. We just, there they are, saved and, and loving the Lord. Uh, when we think about it, we meet Lazarus and, and who he is, and we meet him in this chapter where he's sick and he's going to die. And now the main emphasis in this chapter really is on uh, Jesus and that the Father would be glorified through this resurrection. The topic of this chapter is not Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, although we are going to make it our topic. If we were to focus on the main uh, avenue here in this scripture, it's, to, uh, it's the mighty God and, 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 and Christ being glorified and the Father being glorified. That's the main focus. But we are looking at a segment here and we'll, uh, of the conversation that takes place here. Now, Lazarus is a shortened name uh, of a Hebrew, which would be Eliezer. And Eliezer means God has helped or helped by God. 
And it's a fitting name in light of this story. Also, the name Lazarus in this day and time was a very common name. We meet two Lazarus in the, in the Gospels. There is this Lazarus who, who dies, who has sisters Mary and Martha. And then there is the Lazarus uh, who, who uh, we find in Abraham's bosom, who dies, uh, who is the, and, and what happens with him. So Lazarus is a very common name. In Bible days, such as Mary was a very common name. And in today's circus, we have many common names today. John's a very common name in today's society. Always ranks up there in the top ten of, of baby names. But so his name really, Lazarus, is a form of Eliezer. And when we think about this, we see Martha here in this chapter. Martha is the primary uh, person that we're going to meet, although it's really about Lazarus, who's dead. But the conversation is with Martha. Later, in other portions of Scripture, Mary is the focus, and, and God focuses on Mary. And, and, and I want us to take some time as we meet this family, I want us to take a little, before we appreciate this conversation, I want us to look into their spirituality so we understand who they are. And give us a little background on that and the, and the faith that they have. So if we can, in the time that we have this morning, I would like us to go to uh, Luke Chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. Find that place if you will. Luke's gospel chapter number 10. And we read in verse number 38, Luke 10, 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him, received him into her house. It's interesting the Bible, how the Bible puts the emphasis on Martha here and it's, and it's Martha's house which gives us again the impression that Martha is the oldest. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Again, we see here this family and their demonstration of faith. I want us to draw our attention here to Martha and Mary and, and the difference between these two sisters. Now, again, I have two sisters. I have my oldest sister, Susie, who is number two in the family line. Then there's my younger sister, Nancy, who is the number six in the family line. If you care to know, I am number five in the family line, which is the number of perfection, by the way. Now, only kidding. <laughs> number seven, my, my parents stopped short of that number. All right, so uh, my two sisters there, and uh, my two sisters are uh, in many ways the same, but in many ways they are night and day, night and day, and, uh, and I will not speak evil of my sisters because they are my sisters and I still fear them, but and as any brother knows, amen, Daniel, amen, you just, there's something about it since you just don't want to aggravate them because they got, they got, I don't want to say voodoo powers, but they got something, amen, that, that just put a... That wouldn't be Christian, but they, got, they just got ways about them that can make your life miserable, especially if you ever get a girl, boyfriend or girlfriend. Boys get girlfriends. That's how that works. And uh, they, just, they can just really do damage to you. All right? So my sisters, uh, my older sister, again, 
Uh, she doted on me. I, I knew my older sister loved me and, and, and cared for me. She, uh, again, I had a wonderful relationship with my oldest sister, Susie, and then my baby sister, Nancy, and the relationship. We were very close in age, and so we grew up together and uh, three years apart. And so we uh, had a, a relationship growing up with each other. Uh, but again, my sisters were different in many respects, in many ways. And we see that here with these two sisters, how the one sister, Martha, is, a, is, a, is the individual who is cumbered about with much serving. Her focus, her goal is on the meals, the house, and making sure that everything looks right and that the, the Lord Jesus Christ is taken care of. And, and on the surface, that may seem like a wonderful and great thing. And while Mary says, you know what, forget the meals, forget the house, the most important thing I can do is sit here and to listen to what Jesus Christ has to say. That's what I am focusing on. And, and so we have these two sisters who are really uh, in a very, it's, they're fighting per se. Let's put it that way. They're, they're not, because one, well, you need to be helping me. Get up and, and, and help me serve everybody. And she's like, no, I'm staying here and listening to Jesus. And so this, this family argument is going on here between these two young ladies. And Martha takes her battle <laughs> To the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, you tell my sister to get this now. This is this is the conversation. You tell my sister to stop listening to you and get in the kitchen and help prepare the food. Now, my friend, it's safe to say, and in, in, in all this, that Martha's heart is in the wrong place. Her head is thinking one thing, but her heart's in the wrong way. One, I want to serve Jesus, but she goes, she has, I want to serve Jesus a good meal. But she's angry at her sister. That's not right. And they said, what's it got to do with our story in chapter? It, it all plays a part. We, we put this all together come to, and we see this wonderful woman here. And, but it helps us understand, by the way, that nobody's perfect in the Bible. Even the greatest of people, the greatest of faith, sometimes have their blemishes and their, and their, their pockmarks on them. Women have makeup to hide those things. Us, us guys are left out wide in the open. Amen? To see it all. I cut myself shaving this morning. I've got this crazy thing on my chin here, and my wife is out there this morning trying to get rid of it. And there's no makeup. I'm not going to cover this with makeup, okay? You girls would never know. No, the world would never know because you're just how God bless if you, if you wear makeup. And you girls don't need makeup. You're pretty enough without it. And all God's people said? Amen. You know, it's the men said amen. And, and one woman. <laughs> Everybody else is anyway god bless you whatever you want to do i don't i really don't care and i only have to worry about pleasing one woman in life and she's downstairs right now and that's all i really worry about in life but we notice the argument going on here and he says there in verse 41 martha martha and listen when your name is used twice it means something bad is coming you're being rebuked you're being put in your place thou art careful and troubled about many things my friend, oftentimes in life, we are careful and troubled. That word careful doesn't mean that we're careful like something's fragile. It means we're worried about something. And you're worried about many things. And too often in life, we focus on things and we get troubled and we get worried about things that really don't mean anything at the end of the day. When it's all said and done, they are useless things that we invested all our fear and our worry into. Again, you want to prepare a nice meal, that's great. You ought to prepare it and, and make sure it's, it's, it's done right. That's good. But there are times you say, you know what? This is more important, and that is not. 
As a pastor, I can only be in one place at one time, and I can only talk to one person at a time. I learned that a long time ago when people get mad. Are you, how come you weren't over? Because I, I, I was over here. And this is where I had to focus my energy because this was more important than what you were facing. I'm not saying yours was not important, but this took priority in life. My friend, we have to prioritize. And Martha was a woman who did not know how to prioritize in her life. She was focusing on something that was not important. Do you think Jesus was saying, I hope we get a good meal here today. I really, you know, if we go there and get a lousy meal, it's, I, I, this, is, this whole thing's a bust. Our Lord was worried about um, preaching and teaching people and encouraging their faith and building their faith. He wasn't so much worried about what kind of meal they were going to get. If the Lord wanted a good meal, all he had to do was find a boy with a, with a lunch and he could have multiplied and take care of it. He didn't need Martha stressing out in, in the kitchen, per se, and, and banging pots and pans and huffing as she walked past her sister. My brother get an amen on that one. A little mumbling under the breath. <laughs> just trying to get Mary's attention. Mary's just... Focused on Jesus, amen, while her sister's having a, a conniption and a meltdown. And finally she says, now Lord, you've got to speak to my sister about this. Verse 42, one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Again, Mary has chosen the good part. And that's important for us to understand, my friend. What is the good part in our life? We need to, again, what do we do in life? What is the important thing to us? And we focus our attention on a lot of things. We put our efforts into a lot of things that at the end of the day don't amount to, to much. I tell kids in high school and any high school here, listen, you're, you're worried about all those friends. And, and any of us who, are, who have graduated from school will tell you that those people in high school will not mean anything when you graduate high school. You're lucky if you keep in contact with one or two of them. The rest all become people on social media. Look how bad she looks now. Can you believe this one? <laughs> don't say you don't do that. We, we all do that. Amen. Wow, check her out. Whoa! Look at him. Boy, he really let himself go, didn't he? And we, so they won't mean anything. They won't mean... But where's all your energy? Oh, I got oh, it's all my friends. And, 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 and No, it doesn't mean anything. What you should be doing is concentrating on getting that education and, and lettering, bettering yourself because high school is only a four-year time of your life, and we all... We, bear the scars of it the rest of our lives as we went through that crazy thing. And, and I got friends who won't even come back to Kearney anymore. They got these, and they made it like it was the most tragic experience. I said, dude, we went through it together. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. We, we didn't go through anything that nobody else went through. We, you know, you, you got picked on, you got ridiculed, you got made fun of, you got into fights, you had to stand. It's just the way it was. Shouldn't be, but that's just the way it was. But we need to focus on that which is important. Put our attention on that which will, which will, will help us to uh, better our Christianity. And my friend, feeding your soul and, 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 and the things here are what's most important to us. Now again, Mary, Martha was a very hospitable person, but Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Now my friend, where would you rather be? Sitting at the feet of Jesus or would you rather... Be in the kitchen stressing out. 
Again, the kitchen's going to take care of itself. There's plenty of time to prepare the meals. There's plenty of time for all those things. I get people, Pastor, I can't come to church on Sunday. Why? Well, we got family coming over, so I'm going to be all day cooking in the kitchen. I got a, here's a novel idea. How about bring the family to church, and then you can go out to eat somewhere? Or then tell your family, listen, I'm going to cook in the kitchen for the next two hours, and we'll be eating around 4 o'clock. That's a good plan, by the way, because it helps get away unwanted guests from visiting you. Any relatives you don't like, and they crash your house on a Sunday, uh, just make it, you know, hey, this is what we do. So again, her devotion here is, is, is ill-focused. And, and, and again, Mary, or Martha, is, again, is very selfish. Can we just use that word? Martha is selfish here. She made herself more important than Christ. That's exactly what she did. What I'm doing is more important than anything Jesus has to say. Oh, no, that's exactly what she did. And the Lord has to put her in her place and rebuke her. When we, when, we, when we do this to ourselves, we say, well, this is more important than Jesus. So many things. So again, we see that, that this instant here with Mary and Martha, these two sisters. And we notice, again, I want you to notice Mary's devotion. What was she centered on? I want to learn about Jesus. I would like you to take your Bible and find Mark's Gospel, chapter number 14. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 14. In Mark, chapter number 14... It says in verse number one, after two days was the feast of the Passover and unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might uh, take him by craft and put him to death. Don't you love the, the, the religious crowd, so moral, so upright? <laughs> how can we kill somebody? They, but they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, remember that's the same Bethany where we see John 11, in the house of Simon the leper, and as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. Now, by the way, we'll see this in a little bit. Simon the leper, anybody know who Simon the leper's son is? It's Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot is from the town of Bethany, and so are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You can't judge a person by their hometown, by the way. The hometown produces all kinds. So you've got these three godly people, and then you've got one traitor. And this unnamed woman here, for now, comes in and pours this expensive box of ointment, this perfume. And verse 4, And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of ointment made? Again, same attitude kind of Martha had. Now this is Judas Iscariot saying this. We'll learn this from other scripture. Judas Iscariot all of a sudden is worried about the poor and acting very holy here, but he's unholy. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence, and they might have given to the poor, and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye may do, do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body for burying Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also, 
that she had done shall be spoken of for a memorial for her. Now this is Mary, by the way, who's, who we saw earlier, who sat at the feet of Jesus. This is Martha's sister. We'll know this from later on. But a little note of history, by the way. Notice verse number 8, she had done what she could. If you ever make your way up to Connecticut, and you ever, I forget the name of the cemetery, but you ever go to a cemetery where Fanny Crosby is buried, the great hymn writer, the great blind hymn writer. Fanny Crosby's original tombstone is still there, although they have put another tombstone there with more stuff on it. But, Mary, but Fanny Crosby's tombstone simply says, Fanny Crosby, she had done what she could. That's all her stone says. <laughs> Fanny Crosby deserves so much more of a tombstone than that, and they've put another one there with all her accomplishments and everything, and a lot of information on it. And many people go there and they read that, and Fanny Crosby, she had done what she could, and like, what's that mean? Well, if you read your Bible, you know where they got it from. And Fanny Crosby really did all that she could, which means she gave all that she had. And what Jesus is saying here is Mary gave all that she had to Jesus Christ. This very expensive ointment, this costly perfume. And I did not look up the number. Maybe some of you can Google this. But 300 pence, uh, I am told, is almost like a year's uh, salary here that she has given in precious ointment that she has just poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see what she's done here and pouring this. But it doesn't stop there. There's more to this story than what Mark records for us. And we see this over in John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12 is we see these sisters and what the Bible has to say about them. In John chapter number 12. Now again, John 12, of course, happens after chapter number 11. Which chapter 11, verse number 2 records for us, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So John is reminding us of something he's going to say in the next chapter. By the way, this is the same Mary and Martha. This is the same Mary who, who uh, if you read the synoptic Gospels, if you read Mark Gospel, this is that same woman who anointed the Lord Jesus Christ. So we get to chapter number 12, and uh, we read verse number uh, two, they made him a supper, and Martha served. <laughs> Nothing's changed, by the way. <laughs> but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him, then took Mary a pound of ointment, a spike, and very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Now, in other gospels, says she poured the ointment on his head, and now here it says that she wipes his feet with her hair. Well, which one is it? Well, can I tell you, it's both. She did pour this expensive box of ointment, upon the head of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it would run down the Lord Jesus Christ, and she would take her hair, and she would wipe that ointment with her hair, and then go down, and with her long hair, she would wipe the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what's all that mean? Well, first of all, we're seeing Mary's devotion. How Mary is the one, again, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he had to say. How far does her devotion go? She's willing to give all that she has. She's done all that she could. She gave every, uh, the most expensive thing she ever owned. And what does she do? She gives it to Christ and pours it upon him. And while others are complaining and murmuring about it, the Lord shuts them all up. So you, this, she's done this. And, and, and for, for generations and forever, men will talk about her because I'm going to make sure it's recorded in my book on what she's done. 
But she takes that hair of hers, that long hair, and she uses it to wipe the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, in Bible days, your feet were the dirtiest part of your body because you wore sandals, you walked on dirt roads, you lived in a dirt floor house, and, and that's why in Bible days you took your shoes off and you washed your feet, and that's why the Lord Jesus Christ washed the disciples' feet. You're always washing your feet to, to, in case you walked in a house if somebody had a carpet who had to have money, it wasn't a rare thing, but you know, washing your feet and keeping your feet clean was a Bible custom. I've worked in many homes and, and as a plumber, and, and people, can you please take your shoes off before you come into my house? And as a plumber, it's always a difficult, or I put those, have those slip covers on my feet and make sure I don't slip and break my neck as I'm sliding through somebody's house because they don't want their floors messed up with my dirty shoes. And sometimes you're walking out, like, can you take your shoes off? I'm like, are you serious? I leave your place, I want to take my shoes off, but that's another story. I want you to take your Bible, and if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Say, where are we going with this? It's all, it's all tying together. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. We're going somewhere. We're pointing out Mary's devotion. And what does it mean when Mary takes her hair and uses it to wipe the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ? Again, the feet are, are, are constantly getting dirty. Your feet are constantly... And so she takes the the dirty feet of the Lord Jesus Christ who would have dirty feet. He was not immune from dirt. Dirt would get on his body and his feet would have to be washed. And so as he's sitting there, she takes that ointment and she washes her feet with her hair. Now what is, why the hair? What's significant about a woman's hair? Well, my friend, God put no spare parts on us. Everything that's on your body, God put there for a reason. God did say, you know, I think this would look good. Let me just throw that up there. You ever look at eyebrows and wonder what in the world are those things up there for? You know, they're just, they're just, sometimes, you know, you can do whatever you want with them. You can pluck them, prune them, or leave them alone. I really don't care. But some of you got these two caterpillars on top of your eyeballs. Why, they serve a purpose, my friend. They serve a purpose. You got eyelashes. What in the world does eyelashes do besides you can bat them at some man and, and, and conquer them? What, why did God give you eyelashes? Well, they serve a purpose. They, they keep dirt out of your eyes. They serve a purpose. Every part of your body has a purpose. It's all by design. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, if you buy a Mercedes-Benz at the Mercedes-Benz dealer, you sign a contract, you buy a brand new Mercedes-Benz, you have to sign a contract that if you do anything to that car, if you change the tires, if you put rims on it, or, or if you put a new stereo, if you, if you put covers on your headlights, anything, you void the warranty because they say we have made the most perfect car on planet Earth. And anything you do will void this warranty. And so you have a problem with your car, you bring it back to us. It's, Mercedes says, they. I don't know, because I don't live in Mercedes world. I, when, my friend had a, had a Volkswagen, and, we, and he ripped a Mercedes thing off a car one day, and he stuck it on his Volkswagen. And so my friend had a Mercedes, per se. Don't tell nobody he did that, because it may have been your car that he ripped that logo off of. But we were in high school at the time, and so... My friend, God designed this. Why did God give us hair to put on our head? Verse 15 of chapter number 11. 11.15, but if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given her for a covering. My friend, why does God, and why does a woman have long hair? Why does God encourage a woman to have long hair? Because God says that's her, her what? Her glory. Her glory. 
A woman's hair is her glory. Now again, most men like a woman's hair. They, they do. Ladies, I'm, you know, a guy, your husband should tell you how much he loves you. He ought to t- describe how much he loves you in intimate personal settings and, and let you know how much he thinks about you. It's a, it's a wonderful thing when a man is tender with his wife and says, I love you because, and goes and gives her all the reasons why. And part of that is a woman's hair. Some people think this is weird. Sarah does. But my grandmother had long hair when she was a kid, and she got it cut off. Their ponytail, she got her ponytail cut off. We, in the family, we got that ponytail of long hair. I go, that's freaky. That's weird to have somebody's hair. We got it. My mom, I had blonde, curly hair as a kid. I was blonde and curly. It is what it is now. It's gray and going. But it is what it is. My mom snipped a piece of my curl in an envelope. She wrote Maddie's Curl. And that, uh, so in an envelope somewhere is a piece of Maddie's Curl somewhere in a, in a, in a shoebox somewhere. So it is what it is. I'm going to bequeath these things to Sarah when I die, amen? And have, she is entrusted to frame them on her wall. All right, now... Here's the point, very quickly. What is a woman's hair? It's her glory. What did Mary do with her hair? She used it to wipe the feet of Jesus Christ. Say, what's your point, preacher? My point is this. What was glory for Mary, she surrendered it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Her glory was surrendered to use for Christ. What was most precious to Mary? What the most expensive thing in she has? I don't think she bought that saying, let me use this for Jesus. She was, bought it hoping to use it for a special occasion or something. Or maybe she did go out and give her life savings to buy this precious box of ointment. We really do not know how she obtained it or why she obtained it, but we know what she did have, she used it for the all glory of Almighty God. And nothing ever done for God is wasted. And she surrendered that glory to Christ and used it for Christ. Too often we like to brag upon ourselves. We like to boast upon ourselves. And, and, and whatever we have, we're good at. We, we ought to be using it for the glory of Almighty God. Whatever we have is, what can God do with this? Or how can I not only sustain myself and make a living for myself, but how can I use this for the glory of God? How can God get glorified through what I do? And all of us have some gifts or talents or abilities or something that we say, no, I, I should do this for Christ somehow. And people, I know people who've been blessed with certain things, and again, no, no examples, but just whatever I have, I'm going to do it for Christ. What I have, I'm just going to do for Christ. Again, it was precious, and we see how a man like Judas sees that and what's his attitude well we could have given that to the poor no you weren't giving nothing to the poor sometimes people are so pious about these things and politicians are like this they're horrible people they're going to help the poor they ain't helping nobody but themselves nobody but themselves the poor Jesus says you will have with you always but me an opportunity to do something for me comes along on rare occasions 
and we to use it for God's glory. So when we go back to back up one chapter, and we meet these sisters, and I, I got good news and I got bad news for you today. You say, what's the good news? The good news is, is I'm, uh, I'm preaching a short sermon today. The bad news is I'm not going to get to this conversation at all because there's no way I'm going to, there's too much to talk about in this conversation. I just kind of laid the groundwork for the conversation. And so we meet these people and we know who they are and we can see their faith and, 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 and how this conversation that Christ's going to have with them plays out. So when we meet, and again, the main conversation in this, in this whole story deals with Martha and what Christ is going to do with Martha and how he's going to help Martha's faith and increase Martha and her spiritual maturity. Can I, God Almighty is interested in every single one of us for the sole purpose of helping us. He wants to increase our faith. He knows where we are, and he's not content to say, no, they're fine where they are. No, i got to move them up. And i got to get them to be better than what they are. And so I'm going to increase their faith. they got faith now, but it's gonna, we're going to step it up a notch. And Mary seems to have a lot of faith. I mean, Mary's listening to Jesus, and Mary's taking the most expensive thing she has, and giving it to Jesus and using her hair to wipe the feet of Jesus. And Mary seems to be pretty good. Martha's the one who seems to have some issues. And again, she's not bad. Don't take it that Mary, Mary's, no, Mary's, Mary's a wonderful, godly woman. But she's like all of us. She's just got some learning to do. And I'm thankful we got a, a Christ. We got the Lord Emmanuel who is patient with all of us to move us along in our faith to grow and to encourage us. And in this case, what, he's, what, he, what does he have to do to help Martha? He has to let her brother die. And he has to let her brother stay dead for four days. Why? Well, one, so God the Father and Christ can be glorified, but in the process, what's he doing? He's moving Martha along in her faith to grow. Sometimes God has to do some strange things to get us to where we need to be. But he's a good God. And so I, I, I leave you with that, this short message today on, on these, this family. Lazarus, all you got was his name means Eliezer. That's all you got from him. That's all we really got about this guy. And then he's two sisters, two opposites. Two saved sisters, but two opposites. <laughs> two church-going sisters, but two opposites. And how God's going to help them. Let's stand together for prayer. Now, Father in heaven, we do thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for Jesus Christ who loved us and died on Calvary's cross to pay for our sins. Now, Lord, I thank you for people of the Bible. I thank you for the women we see in Scripture, Lord, and what we learn from them. Lord, this is not a book of patriarchy, but it's a book of you dealing with all mankind, helping men, women, and boys and girls that they may come to faith in you. And Lord, you took time to deal with every single person you came in contact with and encourage their faith, whether they were a godly Mary, the mother of Christ, or the most wicked 
like a woman at the well or the adulterous woman or this family who's very godly, very in love with Christ. You'll spend time to talk with them and deal with them. Help us today, Lord, to learn from this, to apply it to our hearts, not only how it applies to us, but, Lord, how we deal with those around us, those we will come in contact with. I realize every person 